It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I know how crazy excited we all are for NFL football. So glad it's here. Even if the outcomes aren't exactly what you're hoping for every single week, nobody goes 16-0, right? Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Post-game Monday edition, number one for the 2020 season. Unfortunately, the Niners start this year off, unlike last year, with a loss. The hands of the Arizona Cardinals, 24-20, the final. The 49ers are currently, hold on, let me check what my notes say here. Yes, last, alone in last place of the NFC West. Not exactly where any of us expected the 49ers would be after week one at watching of course, the Cardinals, everyone else in the division, the Seahawks, and on Sunday Night Football, the Los Angeles Rams, all winning in week one. And in such disappointing fashion, after five minutes of the game, you thought, oh, Niners are about to roll the Cardinals. That would not be the case. And they could not take advantage of that start, jumping out to a 10 nothing lead, losing 24-20 to fall to 0-1. By the way, I am your host, Brian Peacock. If you're brand new to this show, welcome. I'll be your guide through this journey of the 2020 season that's already taken its first bump. It's going to be fun, man. It's it's never how you think it's going to go. It never is. Last year definitely wasn't, and it was uh, an awesome experience, right? So when you go back and you think about, you tell your kids, hey, whenever their favorite team loses week one, or uh, you're at someone's Little League game, and your son or daughter loses their first game and you say, hey, you know what? It's okay if you lose your first game because remember in 2020, the San Francisco 49ers lost in week one, then came back and won the Super Bowl. So anything can happen after losing the first game of this season. So uh, that's the outlook that you should take on this 49ers season because the Niners are still one of the better teams in the NFL. They're going to come back and they're going to correct some things and they're going to kick the crap out of some teams probably starting next week. Uh, but before we turn the page to next week, we've got to take our medicine here and, and talk about this game and what happened and what can get better for the 49ers. And so, as I do every week here on Mondays, breaking down game notes, what happened on the field. I'll come back and watch a little bit of film in the game later in the week, and we'll we'll look ahead at the opponents as well. We'll still have Winky Wednesdays. Nick and I will chop it up about life, about football, about what just happened last week, about what will happen next week. We'll have our crossovers on Thursday every week where we talk to the hosts of the upcoming opponent as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, that next win is just going to be that much sweeter for the 49ers after a really disappointing defeat in Week 1. By the way, find me on Twitter at BD Peacock, and I will be fielding some questions on Tuesday's show. I would love to do a tape Tuesday, but I don't know if the All-22 will be ready in time 
to record Tuesday's show, uh, but definitely by Friday. So I'm thinking what I'll do this season is do more of a film Friday. That way I'll have all kinds of time to look at everything, crunch everything from uh, the last week's game or previous games and then upcoming opponent, a little advanced scouting as well. And, and the final thoughts with injury reports heading into the upcoming game on Friday's show. So Tuesdays, I love doing the mailbag. I love hearing from you guys. So we'll we'll keep a Twitter Tuesday thing going here throughout most of the season. So your best questions about the 49ers, about what's going on in Niner land, hit me up with those on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can also email the show locked on 49ers at Gmail. Unfortunately for the 49ers, and it's going to be a big story for this game in the beginning of the season is what's going on at wide receiver. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will get to his performance in a minute, but rookie First-round wide receiver Brandon Ayuk was among the inactives, along with cornerback Jason Verrett, linebacker Demetrius Flanagan-Foles. Ben Garland also not ready to go at center. Defensive lineman Contavious Street, which was a little bit of a surprise with the, with the camp he's had, and then quarterback C.J. Beathard, which was not a surprise. Those were the inactive players for the 49ers in Week 1. Obviously, Debo Samuel, he was placed on IR over the weekend, so he'll be out at least three weeks, which is perfect timing for him to miss this trip to New York on that rough AstroTurf there. Artificial turf is not AstroTurf. They don't use AstroTurf anymore. AstroTurf was like uh, like a half inch of carpet on concrete. So it's not that bad. But um, that New York artificial turf, not the greatest. Debo will miss that on his broken foot, which I think is probably a smart way to play it. Make sure he is good to go and back. Uh, he can return week four, that primetime matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. So those were the players that were out this week, which meant for the 49ers... Starting wide receiver were Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis not done yet. Uh, Trent Taylor in the slot also got first crack at returning punts. Pettis also worked in as a punt returner a little bit. Raheem Mostert getting the start at running back, which is the way it should have been with McKinnon playing a lot. And and more notes on all these players. I just wanted to go through the starting lineups and any uh, surprises there. Uh, McKinnon entered on on 3rd and 14 early in the game and, and played pretty consistently on third downs and, and that's going to be a big role for him this season. I like that role for him and he proved to be a weapon for the 49ers. It was awesome to see him out on the field and Hironis Grosu got the start. He was activated from the practice squad to the main roster when they put Debo Samuel on IR and they needed him to start at center in this one on the defensive line, former first rounder Solomon Thomas getting the nod at three technique over this year's first rounder, Javon Kinlaw. Kinlaw and Kerry Hyder rotated in heavily uh, starting late in the first quarter or so. And Kerry Hyder actually got a lot of run. Kinlaw was in there quite a bit. Um, I, I liked the way Hyder showed out, but um, it was interesting that Solomon Thomas, and he had a couple of good snaps there, was actually the starter over the first rounder, Javon Kinlaw. So both first round draft picks for the 49ers, a lot of expectations after they were drafted in April. Not much of an impact here so far. In week one, zero impact, obviously, because of his hamstring with uh, Brandon Ayuk. And at right cornerback, as expected, with Jason Verrett out, Emmanuel Mosley got the start. And a lot of nickel for the 49ers. You're going up against the Cardinals, so it's a matchup thing. We did see a lot of Drake Greenlaw in the game, but it was Fred Warner and Quan Alexander out there because they were pretty much in, in nickel for most of that football game. Drop low to Kittle right away on the first play. Attacked linebacker Isaiah Simmons, the first-round rookie, the, the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft this year. And I talked about a lot on the podcast. Like It's going to be a welcome to the NFL moment for Isaiah Simmons, and he got a taste of it. He got it from Kittle. He got it from Jarek McKinnon. He got it from Raheem Mostert. It was a rough debut for Isaiah Simmons, and it's just a reminder that it takes even first-round picks, even blue-chip prospects, takes a little while to get used to the NFL, and these guys had zero preseason games 
on top of the, the crazy offseason that they've had as rookies. And then on the other side of the ball, it was the Cardinals. You know, I mean, you knew what the game plan was going to be for these teams coming in. Obviously, Hopkins, the Cardinals trade for DeAndre Hopkins. He's the big ticket item for them. They just paid him $27 million per year on a short-term contract extension. Uh, only added a couple of years to his contract with that. But you knew they were going to go after whoever was opposite of Richard Sherman. And it was going to be Hopkins to try to get the best matchups possible. And that's what they did. And they targeted him 16 times in this game. So you kind of knew that was going to happen. And it happened from the very jump with both of these teams. One interesting note, though, with, uh, with the cornerbacks. And, you know, and I think this is how you have to play this if you're the 49ers. And, and one of the, the downfalls of Robert Sala's scheme, even though it's more multiple than it had been in the past, you, you pretty much know where Richard Sherman's going to be. He's on the left corner, so you can line up the guy you want to match up against the opposite corner if you believe that Richard Sherman is not the corner you want to test. And most teams go about it that way. So the 49ers did something interesting, which I thought was very smart. And it's rare to see it, but Sherman shadowed DeAndre Hopkins some in the game. And it wasn't constant. It was kind of, uh, you know, some here, some there, but I like that. So Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray don't always know who will be lining up where in coverage. I think that's smart. I think it'd be, it'd be good for the 49ers to work that in a lot because, first of all, you get good on good. You get your best cover guy against their best receiver in certain situations, whenever you think it benefits you. And it tells them, look, they can't just run up there and think and know exactly where you're going to line up and where they can get their best matchups on any play. So, I think that's something the 49ers should do more of, actually. Let's talk Raheem Mostert. He followed up that initial first play of the game from Garoppolo to Kittle with a 14-yard run. Uh, the drive would end up stalling, ending in a Robbie Gold 52-yard field goal. Niners going up 3-0, but they get the ball back. And by the way, congratulations to Raheem Mostert on his first career start. Follows that up with a 76-yard touchdown reception. I mean, Mostert is so fast. Uh, he's a blur. And when he hits that gear, when he gets, when he sees the hole, whether it's as a runner or as a receiver, and hits the Jets and hits that burst, it's crazy. Like he blows the doors off the place. And that's exactly what it was. And picking on Isaiah Simmons again, that touchdown reception put the Niners up 10 0. You thought, okay, the Niners are about to cruise to this victory. Uh, but that would not be the case. More notes on Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon. What's going on with the injury? I mean, we've got to talk about this. This is really important for the 49ers season as a whole. And next week, George Kittle's injury update. And Jimmy Garoppolo, what happened there? He had a chance to put the 49ers on his back, go win a football game, and he did not. Uh, what I saw with Jimmy Garoppolo Sunday coming up. When you're gearing up for game day, it's fun to be like, oh, what are we going to have today? Do we want to cook something up or do, no, nah, we want to have somebody bring food to us. Whether you want pizza or Chinese or even something for dessert, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Don't sleep on all your favorite spots. Many of those favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order 
of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying something like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. So how fast actually is Raheem Mostert? You can tell watching him, he's one of the fastest players in the NFL. He's a former track guy at Purdue. Well, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, and a hat tip to Dieter Kurtenbach, who tweeted this one out, Raheem Mostert went 22.7 miles per hour on his touchdown, which is the fastest speed anyone has gone on a football field in the last three years. Uh, that is uh, a ball carrier's, I believe over the last three years, besting former 49ers running back Matt Breida, who had the fastest miles per hour as a ball carrier. Each of the last two seasons, Breida was around that 22 miles per hour range, and Mostert broke that one 22.7 miles per hour. So, yeah, Kyle Shanahan likes his fast running backs, and Raheem Mostert, officially the fastest of them all, and he was definitely blazing after he caught that pass. He's got good hands, too. I mean, he played wide receiver. He didn't catch a lot of passes at Purdue. He was a track guy first, football guy second back then, which I think is why his development has been such an odd path. But he can catch the ball. I mean, I, I liked what I saw from him out of the backfield. 15 carries, 56 yards, uh, four more receptions, and 95 yards, and of course, the touchdown. It seemed like he was a fingertip away from breaking so many runs in that game. He only ended up with 3.7 yards per carry average, but ran the ball well. It was a really good day for him. Looked natural catching the ball. I mean, he's an every-down back. I loved the usage from Kyle Shanahan. That's exactly what it should look like. You know, 15 carries, another four receptions for Raheem Mostert, as long as he can handle it. And he's going to break a lot more runs. Like, he was so close to breaking multiple runs in that game. Uh, speaking of catching passes out of the backfield, Jarek McKinnon, welcome back to an NFL field. Congratulations to Jet. First game since December 2017. First ever snaps as a 49er in a game. Used mostly as a third-down back. Looked good in... Blitz pickup, catching the ball out of the backfield, running routes. And he was actually a bigger part of the game plan than I expected, especially running the football. Like he was the full on, not only was he the third down back, and he's perfect for that role, but he also was the guy who spelled Mostert even more than Coleman. He was just like straight up the number two running back, which I was a little bit surprised about. I didn't know how much they'd use him carrying the ball, but you know, he took a few full series himself, and Coleman did work in there a little bit. It might have been. The air, they might not have had much of a plan for Coleman. Maybe he'll be more involved in other games because of the air quality and, and his pre-existing conditions. But, um, yeah, and Garoppolo 
just missed him, and it was good coverage. This one's wasn't really on Garoppolo, but there was a nice wheel route from McKinnon out of the backfield. He laid out for it, couldn't catch it. It was really good coverage by Cardinals linebacker Devondre Campbell on that one. Um, yeah, full series of snaps early in the second quarter. 16-yard run. It was stopped just short of the goal line. Mustard, Mostert then got stuffed on fourth and goal on that play, which was another missed opportunity for the 49ers to start to break this game open. Uh, he did have a third down drop in the second quarter and then came back and scored that fourth quarter a touchdown catch out of the backfield. So a really good debut for the 49ers, two years in the making for Jarek McKinnon. That was awesome to see. Another debut from a currently healthy player, which he hasn't been a lot in his career. He wasn't last year. Jordan Reed catches his first pass as a Niner late in the first quarter out of the slot for a first down, showing some wiggle. He's, he's essentially, it's like, okay, do you want to go big Trent Taylor, which is Jordan Reed, or little Jordan Reed, which is Trent Taylor, right? They're using the same role. They can get open. They can separate, catch those short passes out of the slot on third downs. That's how they're both utilized, and I love the mix and match there with Jordan Reed and Trent Taylor in, in part-time roles, and they weren't used a lot I think Reed was on the field for 30% of the snaps and Taylor were like 15% of the snaps or something like that on offense. And, and that's fine. But for what they can do and how good they are getting open the slot and, and, um, and catching short passes, I think that's perfect for Jordan Reed and Trent Taylor. Both were involved in the game plan there. He actually started the second half a tight end. And after one play, Kittle's like, yeah, I'm going back on the field. And so Kittle was back out there on the very next play, but not very involved in the game plan after that was George Kittle. Who's next? Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, that, that's going to take too long. I'm going to save that one for the next segment. Let's just talk about the sloppy. I mean, it was a sloppy first half, and then the second half was disjointed in a different sort of a way. The Niners jumped out to a 10-0 lead, but they made, it was still, you know, they made some preseason mistakes. Like, this was, the 49ers were sloppier than a lot of the other teams I've seen in the NFL Sunday. I was surprised how how good some teams looked. And there was some sloppiness out there, sure. And I think there were some funky scores and maybe some teams that won't win a lot of games that won and some teams that will win a lot of games that lost Sunday, which can happen in this oddball week one. So, you know, don't be too worried about the 49ers' performance. There was no preseason games to work out any kinks, but, like, that stuffed play on the goal line, um, Blocked punt. I mean, that just can't happen. Set up a cardinal score when the Niners should have put Arizona in a big-time hole early. Set up a, a Chase Edmonds touchdown reception. And that made the game 10-7. to Should have been 17-0 at that point. 0-6 for 6 on third downs in the first half with players like I just mentioned, Trent Taylor and Jordan Reed and Jarek McKinnon and Raheem Mostert and George Stinkin' Kittle. Forget about the wide receivers. Those players alone. Shouldn't allow you to go 0 for 6 on third downs in a half of football. Too many penalties. That was a big one. Kept the Cardinals' drives alive. A couple of questionable calls among them. I mean, yes, there was no preseason for the refs either. The K1 Williams defensive holding, that was a bunk call for sure, like 100%. That was as much DeAndre Hopkins holding him. Like he had a, I mean, I hate those. The, the pass interference is the most frustrating call in the NFL. Saw it in that Cowboys game at the end on Sunday night football against the Rams. It is really frustrating. It's like, it's almost like it's borderline NBA like, you know, where you want to sell it. You want to take the charge. You want to sell the penalty and you're playing almost for the penalty more so than you're playing ball, which is, which is really frustrating to watch for a fan. 
But st- but there was a lot on them too. Too many penalties. The late hit on two late hits on Kyler Murray, just keeping drives alive that should have ended. Cardinals marching down from the six yard line all the way down the field when the drive should have been a three and out. Should have ended early. You, you can't do that. Sloppy mental errors, mistakes in this football game. It looked like a team that did not have any preseason games. And that's the that's what I can say about the 49ers game. Jukowski Tart, he did get his second interception. That was cool to see. The assist from Dre Greenlaw. The knock on the 49ers safeties has always been that they don't get their hands on enough footballs and create turnovers. Well, Tart gets on the board with an interception in game one after having zero last year. And again, after that play, you're like, okay, Niners are rolling. They're going to go blow out the Cardinals. And they just couldn't do it. There was always something that stalled the 49ers offense or did the reverse on defense and allowed the Cardinals drives to stay alive and continue to go. I do want to note Trent Williams. He almost killed a man on the football field. Like a pancake doesn't do it justice. I think a lot of you might've seen the highlight. If not, uh, go find Trent Williams block. Uh, He popped out of his stance Got to a linebacker so fast on the second level on a George Kittle rushing attempt, which is also a nice little wrinkle that that we saw from the 49ers Sunday. And he crushed the guy. Yeah, Trent Williams instantly become one of the best players on the 49ers. I think that's pretty clear. And he's he's playing at a pretty close to prime level right now. So uh, that's nice that the 49ers have that on the offensive line. Garoppolo under too much pressure, though, from the rest of the line throughout Sunday afternoon, which is not good. Let's talk more about Jimmy Garoppolo next. You know what Jimmy G was missing Sunday? He probably should have broken off a built bar, like maybe at halftime, a little built bar, get that protein going. I mean, don't tell Nick Winkler I used this on the golf course a couple days ago. That's why my back nine was so good. At the turn, they were cranking back beers. I had a built bar. Built bar is great for a health-conscious guy, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, even great for a keto diet. You want to go peanut butter flavor, my favorite, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. You want to go cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your Next order, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Breakfast, snack, keep you going whenever you need it. Go find a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Tons of great flavors. Build your own box. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We got to have a hard conversation about how Jimmy Garoppolo looked Sunday. That doesn't mean he's going to continue to look like that on Sundays. It doesn't mean anything except for this Sunday, this week, week one of the 2020 NFL season, Jimmy Garoppolo was not dialed in. Maybe could have used the preseason games to work with his receivers. Not ideal to be without Debo Samuel, your first round wide receiver and Brandon Ayuk. But he missed open guys too. He did have professional wide receivers on the roster that have made plays 
in the past. So that's not it alone, even if it wasn't ideal at wide receiver. He was four for four early, pair of quick scoring drives. There's a couple of coverage sacks in the first half. And this is, see, I'm not sure. Was he holding on the ball too long? Was he missing open people? Because at the end of the game, you did see him miss some open guys or not let it go when there were some open players. I'll have to go back there uh, on that game pass, all 22. See what was happening downfield on some of those plays. Uh, I suspect there was a little bit of both there. Some, some issues with 49ers, wide receivers, maybe not getting open. But Garoppolo was not dialed in. 0 for 6 on third downs in the first half. In the worst throw of the game, there were some bad ones at the end. But Jimmy G like owes a dozen roses to George Kittle. He hung Kittle out to dry on that screen pass before halftime. And you're hoping it's not a bad injury to Kittle's left knee. He came back in the game. Kittle's tough. I mean, you're going to have to pry him off the football field. But when they go look at that thing, if they put an MRI on it and there's something there, it could be a problem. And he wasn't the same after that injury. And that was all on Jimmy G. He hung him out to dry. He threw it high and what some people call a hospital ball because you get wide receivers killed. Luckily, DBs can't and linebackers can't tee off on receivers like they used to. So there's not as many hospital balls as there used to be. But man, taking that shot straight to the knee, couldn't protect himself. Got a head start to the locker room. Luckily, did come back in the second half, even though he wasn't really part of the offense after that. First third down conversion came with four minutes left in the third quarter to Kendrick Bourne. At that point, it was, I think, the second catch by a wide receiver in the game. Here's, here's what I like. I want to see the 49ers throw the ball downfield more, even if you miss, because good things can happen when you throw downfield. You can get chunk plays. You get better at throwing the more you throw downfield, and I think that's part of it. Garoppolo sometimes feels like, um, I mean, I don't know how he feels, but it seems like he feels like, man, I get one shot, maybe two per game. I got to be perfect with this throw downfield. They don't do it very much. He got bailed out on a, on a pass interference, throwing deep to McKinnon. After buying some time in the pocket, Threw the ball downfield, but good things happen. You get bailed, you get PIs. You're not going to get pass interference downfield on throws if you don't throw it. That's on Shanahan, then it's on Garoppolo. And if there's a critique I've had about Kyle Shanahan's offense in San Francisco, is it's too condensed at times. You got to take a few shots. You got to back them up because teams, if you're playing the 49ers, it's not that hard. You're like, okay, what do they do best? Well, they've got this all pro tight end and Kittle over the middle. Is, that's what they say for a reason. And they got a good running game. Well, we're going to bring more people there, right? And if you can't keep them honest, throwing the ball outside, it's going to be exceedingly difficult in the NFL to move the ball and make big plays. So, got to see more of it. Got to make it happen. Whether Debo and Ayuk are in there or not. Make a trade if you have. Like, you have to be able to make some plays on the outside. If the guys aren't in there aren't good enough, if that is the reason, go bring Kevin White off the practice squad. You know, I mean, don't put guys out there that shouldn't be in the game. Run jumbo packages all day and then throw the ball to those guys because that's all you're throwing to anyway. Why have a waste of a wide receiver on the outside? Run the ball better with the bigger people anyway. The worst throws, though, were at the end of the game. The, uh, well, the Kittle throw was worse because it got Kittle hurt, but he could have won the game. Fourth quarter, he underthrew Kendrick Bourne wide open in the end zone. You got to make that throw. That was much worse than his throw in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Obviously, different different game scenario, the game was more important, but this throw was worse. 
And then his last throw, late and behind Trent Taylor. Fourth down sideline throw. He was open. There was there was a place to throw that ball, and, and Garoppolo couldn't do it in this game in the fourth quarter. And that was the ball game. So you can't really sugarcoat it. You can't tiptoe around it. And it's okay. It doesn't mean the next game's going to be this way. Jimmy Garoppolo can go on to win MVP of a 15-1 49ers team this year. This Sunday, week one, Garoppolo had a ton of poor throws, did not play well. Did not look confident at all behind center Sunday. Another quick note on 49ers defense, Kerry Hyder, another 49ers newcomer playing defensive end, shaped a little bit more like a defensive tackle. I, he looks bigger than I remember. He was always sort of a tweener guy, but I think he's bulked up even a little more uh, since I remember him in his Lions days. Sacked Kyler Murray in the third quarter. He's an effort guy. A great play to chase him down and hold on to Murray's jersey and, and get him down. A lot of hustle, maybe too much though. Then he gets flagged for a late hit later on Kyler Murray after he'd slid. So again, the 49ers make a, big, a good play. And then shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, they gave up 400 yards of total offense to the Cardinals. Only did that once last year in the shootout in New Orleans. Obviously, the relationship of the offense not converting third downs, putting the defensive line back out there so many times, penalties, keeping Arizona's offense on the field. I mean, it's a tough one. I think the defense played better than the numbers look, but they just kept... They just couldn't get off the... Like, the Niners' offense couldn't stay on the field... Niners defense couldn't get off the field. Even when they were playing well, there'd be something happening, a penalty here, um, you know, a play there. It just, it just wasn't clicking at all for the 49ers. It, it was very sloppy. I hate the matchup for the 49ers, too, in games versus a quarterback that can run. The D-line playing more of a containment rush. I mean, you could tell they weren't that same attacking bunch of animals like they have been up front. And there's no divorce Buckner, but... A little bit of a different mindset going after a quarterback that, like this. And they don't put as much stress on the, the really athletic quarterbacks. And those quarterbacks are able to buy time. And then that puts more stress on the 49ers defensive backfield. So I think the Niners are going to be looking very forward to going and playing a different team in New York next week. And I think it's going to be a much different outcome. I think that 49ers defense is going to give them all they can handle next week. Don't expect a lot of points against that Niners D in week two. Only four catches by wide receivers in this game. Two to Taylor, two to Bourne. Dante Pettis started the game, played a ton of snaps, was non-existent. One target, zero catches. And before we give out the game balls here, George Kittle, injury update. I've got an injury sounder here. Nick and I were talking about audio, and I played a bunch. I think we cut about 10 minutes of last Winky Wednesday off. I think that was one of the sounders that I, I broke out for Nick that you guys didn't hear yet. That is the new injury sounder, and... Let me know if you know where that sound effect comes from at BD Peacock on Twitter. Kyle Shanahan said George Kittle went out with a lower leg injury. You know, it was a hyper, we all know it was a hyperextended knee. Hopefully not worse than that. Kittle told him he was good to go after halftime. Uh, he'll be reevaluated later Monday. George Kittle himself, after the game on his injury, quote, I feel fantastic, not an issue, not an issue at all, which is exactly what you'd expect George Kittle would say. Uh, unfortunately, Kittle is not a doctor. He's going to get examined, and uh, if there's any sort of structural damage, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, you know, he's, he's a tough guy. He's toughing through it. No doubt he'll try to play and get out there on the field, but he, he was affected by it. No targets after reentering the game in the second half. Finished with four catches for 44 yards and one rush of nine yards. In the 49ers, 24-20 loss to the Cardinals. What about game balls? Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Congrats to Jarek McKinnon. Didn't look... Quite as explosive as his old self, but still the Jet. Played really well. 
Uh, he's a weapon, a nice element for the 49ers offense. Love seeing Jarek McKinnon out there getting his first touchdown in nearly a thousand days. Raheem Mostert is the dude in the 49ers backfield. 150 yards of total offense and a TD in his first ever career start in the NFL for a guy who was bounced around six different teams and was a special teamer now starting for the team that played in the Super Bowl last year and is a stud. Like, I love Raheem Mostert. He's going to go big this year. Uh, and he almost broke that game open early with, with some runs. He was so close on so many runs. Uh, I got to give a, I got a hat tip to the opposite team, man. I mean, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. 100 yards rushing for Murray. You go with another, what, 230-something. If you just look at the raw numbers, you wouldn't realize that Kyler Murray was 26 of 40, 230 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. Jimmy Garoppolo was 19 of 33 for 259 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, that doesn't tell the story at all. They, 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 those two quarterbacks played so much different. Not sure how good Murray is or how good he's going to become, but he's generally a calm and cool player. Doesn't show a lot of emotion either way. And they don't design a lot of runs for him, but he can definitely make plays with his legs. I think that's an element maybe that Cliff Kingsbury at some point will, will sneak attack more. Maybe he doesn't want to design it. He just wants to let it happen when it happens. And uh, it can be backbreaking when it does happen, when it's like that. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, too. I mean, he's really good. Such a great trade that they pulled off. Uh, Bill O'Brien's a, not a great general manager. And uh, the Texans did not look good without DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins looked good without the Texans. Uh, even though he caught a lot of balls, though, the Niners were doing fine. It was okay. It was like, Ben, don't break. Let's let him catch the ball in front of us and go tackle him. He wasn't torching them, even though his line will look that way. Uh, his 14th catch, though, his final catch was the tough one. It was a blown coverage, setting up first and goal, five minutes left in the game. Kenyon Drake finished it off, and that put the cards on top for good, 24-20. 14 catches for 151 yards for DeAndre Hopkins. Those two guys are a really nice connection, and if you got DeAndre Hopkins, looks like he's somebody that you're going to want to own on your fantasy football team this year. And by the way, Quick note, this one from Eric Branch. Hopkins' 14 receptions were actually the most by a wide receiver against the 49ers since at least 1950. Last year, Julio Jones caught 13 passes against the Niners. I remember that one. Hopkins topped that with 14. The only two, or the only, well, tied with 14 catches was a running back, Roy Hallou, Washington in 2011. I remember a Hallou game. I didn't remember him catching 14 passes, though, as a running back. And number one is also a running back, Clark Gaines, of the Jets in 1980 had 17 catches. That was a performance by the Cardinals, and they were able to knock off the 49ers in Santa Clara. Not an ideal way to start the season for the 49ers, but uh, their season is not done, not even close. The Niners are going to come out, I think, uh, and maybe they needed that. Maybe they needed a little slap in the face to be like, hey, yeah, remember all these other teams in the NFL? You don't get to just advance to the Super Bowl again and, and replay the Kansas City Chiefs and run it back. It doesn't work that way you got to win every single game, every single week. I think you're going to see an angry chip-on-your-shoulder 49ers team in Week 2. All right, be back tomorrow with your questions. Hit me up on Twitter, at BD Peacock. We'll have an injury update on George Kittle, everything else going on with the 49ers. Winky Wednesday, crossover Thursday, film Friday coming up. Locked on 49ers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.